The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has, was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Penny. It's a very uh, familiar story, very familiar passage, and I think one of the challenges with Christmas is working out how to look at familiar passages without not really reading them properly. Now, um. Life is about choices, and this is a story uh, about choices. It's not the slide I was expecting, but um, we'll see if the slide comes up. Um, I have to apologize at the start because of a choice that I made um, uh, a little while ago that, um, that now clashes with another choice that I made. So um, I made a choice to book a trip on the Postal Museum Railway this afternoon, which is very exciting. Um, and uh, so we're going on a family outing to the Postal Museum this afternoon. Um, I also made a choice to accept uh, a position on the, on the preacher's rotor and to agree to preach this morning. So uh, I now discover that the, uh, the uh, railway authorities have made another choice, which is to do engineering works at Farringdon. So the train that I was planning to catch is now no longer running. So my latest choice is going to have to be to leave the service a little earlier than, um, than I decided. So um, I am going to flee with 
with my family straight after preaching, and that's not because I fear that it will be really rubbish and you will want to take me outside and stone me, um, although it might be, but, you know, so there's, you know, helpful contingency there. Um, it's actually because of the other choices that I've made. So if we can have a look at the first slide. Um, Mary had made a choice. She'd made a choice to marry uh, a guy called Joseph. She was engaged, and uh, enga being engaged in those days, a bit like sort of... Um, during sort of Jane Austen period in the in the English in England, if you watch sort of period dramas, being engaged was a very serious thing. I mean, it was effectively marriage, but it just wasn't actually that stage. But it was a, a contractual engagement. It was contract. You couldn't you couldn't just break it. So she was already bound to Joseph in everything except actually having had the marriage service. So she'd made a choice. And you know, we all make choices. I, I made a choice about a year ago to change jobs sort of cashing in 17 years of goodwill with one organization to go and become a complete newbie uh, at another. You will doubtless have made choices this year. Some of those choices will have been quite large ones. Some will be relatively minor. I don't know whether you write or receive Christmas letters. Um, they are a, a mixed blessing. But um, usually people will recount some of the choices they've made. Uh, they'll usually tell you about the ones that were successful, of course, and not all the ones that were really bad. Most Christmas letters make it sound as though everybody else is having a fantastic time, just like sort of Facebook and all these other sort of social media, and you don't realize the absolute pile of poo that they've been wading through for most of the year. But um, people had to make choices. Married made a choice. And at the start, if you were sort of thinking just briefly back in the passage, it would think as though this was a rather ordinary person in an ordinary town living a rather ordinary life, getting ready to marry a rather ordinary man, presumably a carpenter, since Jesus became one as well. But then we begin to realize there's some extraordinary things going on. And the first extraordinary thing, of course, is that in the passage prior to this one, Luke recounts how uh, Elizabeth, who was quite old, a relative of Mary's, actually became pregnant, which was really extremely unlikely. Now, it's not sure whether Mary actually knew about this or not, because Elizabeth had sort of gone into, into Perda. She'd, she'd sort of uh, secluded herself during the pregnancy. Um, and whether news had got to, to Mary or not, I don't know. But obviously, as you'll see from the passage, uh, Gabriel sort of breaks the news to her. But actually, when you start to think about Mary, you begin to realize that this is not an ordinary person. She may well be living an ordinary life. And she may well be in a very ordinary provincial town, in a very ordinary provincial part of what was at that stage the Roman Empire. But I think it would be very wrong to assume that Mary was an ordinary person. Gabriel says, you who are highly favoured, there aren't many people in the Bible who are referred to as highly favoured uh, when they're first greeted by an angel. So I think the reality is, that actually Mary was a very extraordinary, a very special person. We really know very little about her. Um, but I think it's safe to assume that she really was somebody quite remarkable. Um, when we were in Spain uh, on holiday last year, every church we went into had an enormous sort of shrine uh, to Mary. And... Um, you really do begin to think after a while that, you know, if somebody offers you another 
tomato juice with vodka in, you will say, not another Bloody Mary, because there were so many of them. But um, the Catholic Church has a deeper understanding, I think, of the extraordinariness of Mary than the Protestant Church, which has slightly lost it in its effort to make sure we're worshipping God and not sort of focusing on other things. And Christmas time is actually quite a good point to just think for a second about this person, this young woman, and the choices that she had to make. Let's have a look at the next slide. Now, Gabriel presents the situation as a bit of a fait accompli. Now, I suspect that might just be sort of, you know, the way angels operate. They get so used to just going around and telling people what God thinks that they don't really think about anything except, well, this is what God says, so of course this is going to happen. But the reality is, although he says, you have found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son, the way that Mary reacts shows that she believes she has a choice. And she doesn't immediately say, oh, okay, fine. She actually says, well, can you explain a little bit more about this? What's, what's going on? Talk me through it, angel. You glowing person who's just turned up in the kitchen while I'm about to do the spuds. I'm not just going to accept your word for it. You have to talk me through it. You have to explain. You have to show me how God is actually working through this. She's not a passive, accepting sort of doormat. She's engaged in the process. And again, I think that gives us a little bit of an insight into who Mary actually is, a person who is prepared to ask questions, a person who is prepared to investigate, a person who doesn't necessarily take things immediately at face value. And so she says she understands she has a choice. And then she makes a choice. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And we go, yeah, what well a Mary, good. Move on, Christmas story, what happens next? Have another carol and have another reading. Let's just think a minute, go on to the next slide. Let's think a minute about what that choice actually represented. So she was engaged and she was signing up to becoming pregnant before getting married. Now, in sort of today's modern culture in the UK, being pregnant without being married is not really a big deal. You know, it might be a bit of a shock. It might be that people have had visions of things happening in a particular order. But it, it's not really that big a deal. And actually, I think that's probably a good thing in many respects. But that wasn't the culture that Mary lived in. That wasn't the culture that prevailed in the UK only a few decades ago. We probably wouldn't have reacted in such an extreme way as, as the Israelites might have done in Mary's time. Um, she was certainly laying herself open to divorce, and the Bible story recounts uh, in another gospel that Joseph considered it. Joseph thought about divorcing her. He had every right so to do. She was certainly laying herself open to divorce. Once divorced, that would be really the end of her marriage prospects. Again, it, it's a sort of culture, if you want an analogy, it's very like the sort of you know, Jane Austen type sort of situations that you see in prior dramas in the UK. Clearly, there would be disgrace 
huge amount of disgrace. Because it would be obvious, you know, it wasn't Joseph's, unless Joseph was prepared to lie and say it was, quickly become apparent it wasn't Joseph's. So something had happened, you know. And you know what villagers are like? Oh, that Mary, well, she's only as good as she ever was. Oh, my, look, you know. I saw the way she was looking at the baker the other week. Oh, yeah, but it was him. But actually, it could have been worse than that. It could have been worse than that. It could have been that the villagers were so disgusted with her behaviour, they could have decided to take her outside the village and stone her to death. And there are still cultures in this world where that happens. If you look at places like Pakistan, parts of Africa, Somalia, places like that, parts of the Middle East, there are still communities where the community reaction to that sort of behavior is so sort of so so angry they're so offended their values are so trampled on by something like that that they will kill the person who has sort of uh, offended them so it's not just yeah sure god fine okay good i'll just finish the spuds now Mary was signing up to potentially dying before the baby was born. She was also, of course, signing up to becoming pregnant, which in those days was potentially a death sentence in itself. So just becoming pregnant was not something to do lightly. Most people in those days, like most people nowadays, didn't think too much about the getting pregnant at the time they were getting pregnant. There were other things on their mind. Mary was sitting or standing, making a cold, rational choice to accept God's destiny for her. That's quite a big choice. That's not just Mary, meek and mild. That's not just, yes, of course, Lord, your will be done. That's a very, very deep commitment to God's plan. That's a real engagement with God and what God was planning to do um, with the world. Let's have a look at the last slide. So the Christmas story is actually all about choices. That's what's going on at Christmas. We make choices ourselves coming up to Christmas. We have to decide, as uh, Carl was asking last week, when to decorate our house. We have to decide when to decorate the tree, what to put on it. We had an entertaining sort of time last night decorating one of our trees, and we were reminiscing how Sue would allow the youngsters to decorate a tree sort of in the house and would then go and sort of edit it afterwards um, to make sure that it was appropriately decorated. And in fact, eventually we gave up and we had one tree which was sort of, you know, beautiful and the other tree which was creative, might be a kind word to put on it. Um, we have choices to make at Christmas. Who do you send cards to? Who do you take off the list? Because they didn't send you one last year. Maybe they don't want one from you this year. Maybe they do. Maybe it got lost. Maybe you'll offend them if you don't... You know, all this sort of stuff. Lots of choices at Christmas. Mary and Joseph had choices. Mary and Joseph... Joseph had to choose whether to go ahead and marry Mary. That's a pretty big one. 
were lots of innkeepers involved. We tend to focus on the innkeeper who let them sleep in the stable, but there were multiple others who didn't. They had choices. The shepherds, they chose to leave their livelihood at risk on the side of the hill and come to a village to see a baby in a horse trough. The wise men had the choice of setting out possibly months earlier to go to a country they'd never been to before to try and find one family in the middle of that country based on some foreign religious writings that they'd been studying and some astrological events. Lots of choices. So we have choices. God has chosen to offer us a choice. Not just at Christmas, every day. But Christmas is a good time to think about the choice that God has offered us. God has offered us the choice of walking with him or walking without him of turning towards him or turning away from him. And that's a choice that we each individually have to make. Carl was mentioning the Alpha course earlier, and it's a great opportunity to come and do what Mary did, ask about the choice that you're making before you actually have to make it. So we have choices. God gives us a choice. He's not going to force our hands. But we need to make a choice. And not doing one thing is a choice to do the other. It's not a situation where you're not making a choice. So it's better to make it a conscious choice. If Mary had said to Gabriel, no, I don't trust you, I don't think you're an angel, push off, then that would have been a choice. History would have been different. God's plan would have had to shift. Mary didn't do that. Mary made a conscious decision to choose God's path for her. And that's the choice that we have this Christmas. So I'd encourage you to look again at these Christmas stories as we hear them over the course of the next weeks, to think about the build-up to Christmas as we go through Advent and to think about the choices that God is presenting to you. And maybe the Alpha Course is then a good opportunity to come and just reaffirm or reinvestigate, refresh the choice that you've already made. Maybe it's an opportunity to come and think carefully about the fact that actually you haven't quite made that choice yet. And you really want to put yourself on the spot and say, well, is this the choice that I want to make? Or am I really making another choice? And that's up to you. And I should emphasize, if you're making another choice, if you are deciding that you are not ready to turn towards God, you're still very welcome to come here. Because the whole point about church, about God's community here, is it's for people who are coming to God to ask It's not just a private club for people who've made a decision to follow God and don't feel the need to ask anymore. 
And that's important. We need to make sure we bring people in to God's community and say, come and find out. Come and meet God. Because when you meet God, that's when things start to happen. When you meet Christians, things start to happen. Not always good things. When you meet God, good things start to happen. And that's the choice this Christmas. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you that you chose Mary. We thank you, Lord, that she chose to say yes to you. So we pray this morning and during this week, Father, that because you have chosen us, we will recognize your presence in our lives and choose to say yes to you each day. In Jesus' name, amen.